0: This is Rugger Matrix America. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com. We've got Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton back with us again. And uh, actually, it's been a bit of a break here. I w- probably needed to have done a show, but we actually did a show that we decided we weren't going to do. We weren't going to uh, post it because it was... Uh, well, it touched on a bunch of things that we're going to touch on again probably in the next couple of shows, so we'll just uh, let you be surprised. Um, we have a great guest for, with us uh, this time. We have BYU's head coach, uh, David Smith. But before we get to David, uh, Bruce, uh, y- actually, you'll be playing uh, BYU this weekend. That's that's one of the reasons why we're doing the show, So, uh, um, which means I have to do a quick turnaround on the show. doesn't it? mean that. Um, but uh, you're going to be going out to Utah then.
1: We're going out to BYU this weekend and Dave actually texted me three pictures of the field and it was unbelievable. You got to see the stands. You got to We don't get this that often, so we're really really excited and we basically are at full strength. Um we have one person who, who who's not 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 with us yet and then we have a uh, another who we uh who we know that is was just unavailable and has been unavailable from day one, but hasn't been playing with us right now. And I'll tell you, we are, we, you know, we got Petrie, we got Hunley, we got McMillan, we got Doyle, we got Connor, we got Denise. So, you know, we got Bailey, so we got Chapman and, and so everybody's really excited for the opportunity to be going out there. And, and I, I can imagine that this is going to be some spectacle that's for sure.
0: And uh, Pat, this is this is kind of one of those funny games that we talk about uh that um it's a friendly game doesn't mean anything in the standings but we we almost get more excited about these than the other ones
2: yeah it kind of reminds me of you know back in the old days the early days the nfl the chicago bears would play the the college all-americans and uh we don't really get those kinds of games anymore in football and in rugby we're lucky enough to where uh we don't we're not shackled by the red tape of success so we uh we get to pull off some of those games. So that's what this is, and it should be really exciting to watch online. Okay, so we will be
0: right back on Rugby Matrix America with BYU head coach David Smith. We'll take a quick break, and thanks for listening to Rugby Matrix America.
1: Hey fans, go to
3: RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com.
0: So we're back on Rugger Matrix America. Don't forget that you can get the show on iTunes. Don't forget also to go to Rugamatrix.com to not only see this show, but the Rugger Matrix International show. Really great stuff. Uh, a very interesting show every week that uh, Rugger Matrix puts on. Uh, don't al- Also, don't forget that uh, you can check out Rugby Matrix America on RugbyMag.com, and you should also be looking at RugbyMag.com. Check out the Premier section and subscribe there because you can get a rugby magazine and you can also get a lot of other exclusive stuff. But enough about that. Let's talk about rugby on the field. And head coach of BYU, the national defending D1A champion uh, BYU team, David Smith, is on the show with us. And David, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having me. It's
0: good to be with you all. Well, David, just to uh, start up real quick, first of all, um, you know, you you won, you know, I actually got to see the uh, D1A final uh, recently again on TV. It was on BYU TV. It was really fun to just sort of suddenly it showed up on TV. Um, And I I hope a lot of people who get BYU TV uh, got to see it and saw what a great, exciting Uh, spectacle that game was um you won that and and i remember in the in the the press conference after the game you brought uh five players out four of whom we weren't going to see play 15s for byu again sean davis did have one more semester but uh sean davis and dylan lubby and uh um, mikey Sua. Um, I know we you lost those guys and um uh, really you've had a lot of turnover this year. How have you handled that big turnover?
4: Well, it is always difficult to, you know, fold the shoes of, of the young men that you just mentioned. I mean they were great players here at BYU did a lot of fantastic things for us on the field and uh, you know, sadly for us they have moved on. But we've brought some younger players in. Um we have a, you know, a high talent level, so we're just hoping that over the course of the next few weeks and months that they can uh, jump in there and start filling those shoes. They definitely have the talent and the athletic ability. It's just a matter now of getting um, you know the chemistry right and getting everybody familiar with each other. So we're, we're quite uh, hopeful about the future.
0: Well, your immediate future is you play New York Athletic Club this weekend. Um, how, how do you, you – know, you, you you usually play Super League teams. Uh, a lot of times the Denver Barbarians seem to be a regular opponent for you. Um, and, and that's – obviously it's got to be a, a physical test for your guys. Um, is there something different about the NIAC that they can bring to the table?
4: Oh, you know, I think so Based. Best- what they've been able to do on the field the last few years. I mean, I think they're the standard bearer out there for for rugby in the USA. So it'll be a huge challenge for us this weekend. But uh, our boys are really looking forward to it. They enjoy these sorts of games because they get to test themselves and see how they do against uh, the real good guys, so to speak.
2: Yeah, they get to, you know, you get to play against future Eagles all the time when you play Cal and you play Utah and some of the other teams you play. But now you're playing against guys that played in the World Cup and guys that are going to play in the next World Cup and then we will play in the June tests and just got done with the November test. Do the the guys on your team follow the Eagles and know some of these names and are they excited about getting to, to tackle them this week?
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, certainly all the Eagles for sure, they're well aware of those names. Um, they've watched the World Cup. I think they do keep uh, a track of of the rugby throughout the nation as it's going. And uh, yeah, our boys are aware of who they're going to be playing this weekend. And I think that's part of the fun and excitement for them to get the go against men that are going to really
2: challenge them. You, 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 when you replace players every year. It's obviously difficult. And every college coach in the country deals with it. But you, when you were, you had a nine and a 10 combo, that wasn't just a really good combination, but they'd been together forever. Or at least it seemed, um, You've had quite a few games now playing UCLA, playing San Diego State. You've played a lot of um, pretty good college teams so far. You played well Puget Sound Beach. Um, can you just tell us a little about who the nine and ten are that are filling the shoes of Dylan and and Sean, and and how their uh, you know cohesion is coming together and, and and getting ready to gel and play against the national teams nine and ten.
4: Sure. I mean, our number nine this year is a young man by the name of Luke, Schinke, and he actually played for the United under 19 team, sorry, under 19 team that beat um, Highland a few years ago for the, the national championship. Then he went on his LDS mission and just returned um, this past Christmas. So, I mean, he's right back at it, obviously. He's still got to get his legs under him, his timing down, and, and just get his his body ready for rugby again. So he has been thrown into the deep end a little bit, responded very well. He's a great player, uh, got a real nice pass, distributes very well, got a good rugby IQ. And then the, the kid outside him, John Jonathan Linehan, is a young man actually from New Zealand, who also just returned from his LDS mission, great little player. I think these, these, these young men have the potential to be very, very, very good. You know, Sean and Dunn, We were really spoiled with them for five years. I mean, they had a history together. They played very well here at BYU. We, as I say, we were spoiled, but I honestly feel these young men given time will, will be able to fill those shoes quite well.
0: Now, uh, David on uh, you mentioned the the LDS mission uh, the 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 Mormon church mission and and uh just to remind listeners players go away for 2 years where they are they're they're, they're um, you know on a religious uh you know experience they're they're uh preaching and 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 doing things for the church they don't do any training or in if they do any training it's more like if you have 30 minutes here you might go for a run but they're not it's it's not like they do a little bit of church stuff and they go play rugby
4: well that's absolutely correct you know they dedicate their their whole time while they're out there to to working for the church and, and working with people um, they are you know supposed to be doing some sort of physical exercise 30 minutes a day just to keep themselves in some shape but there's absolutely no rugby no team sports no organized sports for the entire two years that they're out there.
0: Uh, so you, you and you, you and I have talked about this before about the adjustment for players to come back, uh, and 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 it, I, th- I believe the what you said was that uh, it took at least a year for a player to really come back. And you're and here you are, you're asking some players to come back and be starters immediately.
4: So, yeah, I Sorry, our experience overall has been that it, it takes a, a, you know the regular player a year to get back into shape to be able to play rugby at a fairly high standard. You know there are you know exceptions to those rules every once in a while. You know Lasiki's an exception to that. Uh, Kyle Sumption is an exception to that. But uh, overall, yeah, it does take the the vast majority of them a good year to get their their legs go them and back into the swing of things.
0: Is there ha- have you learned over the years anything that you can do to to speed up that transition
4: not really you know we for the most part we ease them in when they get back They're on a strength and conditioning program right away and uh working out with with the coaches in the gym uh anaerobically aerobically lifting weights um so what we find is as much as we can we we do try and ease them in uh you know, at least a good semester before we get them out on the field doing much rugby ways.
2: You mentioned Paul um, Lasiki. He's spent some time playing with the football team in the fall, right? Tell me a little bit about just what that experience was like um, for him um, from your perspective and, and what it's like having him back on the rugby field. And did you have to coach any football out of him, or what's that relationship been like since he joined the football team? That's That's actually been very
4: good. I mean, I think Paul has really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's a very new game to him, so there was a learning curve there. And, and you know, I think he continues to work on that. But he's a high-energy fella. He's full-ended. He's enjoying it. In fact, I just came from our spring ball. I started here at BYU now. So I was out there before I came in here watching him going through some of his drills. So this semester, he's coming to rugby practice uh, up until spring ball started this week. And then this Saturday will actually be the first game where we'll actually play him. Um, so, yeah, much of his time right now is spent with football, but uh, football have uh, released him to play against NIAC this Saturday, so we're, we're pretty excited about that.
2: Well, tell me about you guys have obviously a stadium there, Southfield. Um, you know, we've seen it on television or seen it on webcast, and most of the people who are listening probably have. Um, and you are you usually can get a pretty darn good crowd on there for things like the Wasatch Cup and, and other big games. What kind of crowd are you expecting uh, for Nyack this weekend?
4: Oh, I think we'll have a very good crowd. I mean, all indicators would, would point in that direction. We're just sort of holding uh, our breath a little bit about the weather because we're expecting some showers over the next couple of days. Um, but... Uh, you know, Southfield is, is obviously we're a little bit biased. It's one of the best places around to play. And I think this weekend, um, from what we're hearing, it should be uh, pretty full. Uh, we hope to make it pretty noisy for NAYAC so that we can get some sort of advantage against them.
1: Uh, you know what? In, in fairness, um, some of our best collegiate guests that we've had have been Dave's guys. Uh, uh, Ryan Roundy, who I, I would imagine is the captain of the team, if he's not, he's he's certainly one of the top players and and a fantastic guy. He was he was one of our great guests and and Sean Davies was a was a tremendous guest and and you can tell certain people the Arkansas State kids have been good guests and the Life kids and 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 any Cal kid is always a good guest. So it you tell when you get people from good programs who have high character, they're when you tend to have a pretty good guest on there. It's, 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 it's great. And, and we are really looking forward. I'll let you guys keep going on it. I just wanted to get that steroids and alcohol joke in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what is the makeup of your crowd, David? I mean, a lot of your kids probably come from out of state and uh, even out of country. Uh, you know, is, is, is it, are their parents flying in for it? I know that's a large contingent of the good traveling crowd, cow crowd. Is it students that come? Is it some of the local rugby community who just want to watch some rugby? What's, What's kind of the the makeup of, of who comes to BYU games? That's that's a good
4: question. You pretty much covered the the gamut there. I mean, we do get a lot of students on campus here, and right now our team about sixty five seventy percent of our team are actually from the state of Utah, and a lot of them have played rugby in Utah, so we do get their parents, and we do get their rugby community. Obviously, you know, there's a, a a big Polynesian community here in Utah that like to watch the rugby, so they're always showing up to watch the games. You know. Yeah, we've got a little bit of everything and enjoy them all. And you know, when it gets when when Southfield gets packed, that's quite the place to be.
0: Well, I remember actually doing a a, a TV stint uh, for the BYU Utah game a few years ago, where there was no room for us uh, anywhere near the stands. We had to stand on top of a building across away from the stands because it was it was packed completely. In it and that was. That was a funny situation, David. Uh this is a few years ago, uh two thousand nine, I think, where the the central uh third of the stands had been blocked off because that was for, I think, soccer team, uh uh season ticket holders, something like that. And then there was such o- crowd overflow. I think it was the the athletic director or the facilities director at the school said, Open it up. Make That's sure right. And um and, and, and perhaps that was that was a day when I'm sure the school is, is getting to learn that uh, there are a lot of rugby fans out there, a lot of BYU rugby fans out there.
4: Yeah, they certainly have. And, you know, and in, in fairness to have they've, they've supported us really well. Um, they like the fact that, that we do get a big crowd there. Uh, the gentleman you're talking about was actually Tom Homo that came out that evening, who is the athletic director. And uh, he instructed them to open up the entire uh, stand there for everybody to get a seat. So, yeah, we're really lucky. The skill of being behind it, to enjoy it uh, when they see that uh, stadium full. Uh, you know, they like the rugby here too. Excellent. Um, what, do you, what do you think?
1: I've actually oh, had two experiences with BYU. I, I've seen BYU play at life when they were in the semifinal this year on the road and conducted themselves wonderfully. I've also seen, and Alex, we, we were there together, at the BYU versus Cal game, was a very hotly contested, it was a very close game, and uh, Cal won at the end, and I, and the fan, it was, I mean, this was the one, the uh, 11,000 or 12,000 fans, I don't know how many people there, they were going absolutely crazy, they were a very vociferous fan base, very enthusiastic, they're going nuts, I mean, it was crazy, and... Like not many people are allowed like this or, or, or really into the game like this, especially a rugby game where a lot of people may not even know what's going on and they're going nuts. And then we walk out and the game's over and like, oh, Chad, that was a lovely game. We were unlucky to lose. I'm like, you guys just screaming like like wild animals in there five minutes ago, not even. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, yes, that was a lovely game. Too bad we didn't win. I'm like, how did you just turn that off? It, I mean, unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! They, it, like, though Utah fans, BYU fans, Cal Berkeley fans, and uh, I, and Army fans. Army fans are very, very, very difficult, and I would, I would imagine that St. Mary's fans are. We haven't had that experience, but I don't know, Dave. Are they a pretty loud group? Yes, the BYU fans.
4: They are indeed, and I hope they're really loud this Saturday as well.
1: All lineup calls of body language, Dave.
4: <laughs> We've got spies everywhere, Bruce.
0: Well, we, uh, we're we looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great game. We're going to uh, take a quick break here, and we'll be right back uh, with more from David Smith at BYU on Rugged Matrix America.
1: Hi, this is Craig Samoy with the University of Arizona Wildcats. We're going to be playing in the CRC this coming June at PPL Park, get your tickets at
3: USA7CRC.com. Bear down. Okay,
0: we're here with Skylar Talley from the University of Texas rugby team. And, Skylar, you are actually are uh, the, the team captain. I think you're the club president. You've got everything going right now.
3: Something like that. Uh, I'm just trying to trying to finish school strong in my last semester and, um, and then cap off sort of my senior year with the CRC. So I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Now, you played in the CRC before. Yeah. And, and what was that, what's that atmosphere like compared to, we were talking about uh, in another interview, we were talking about some of the big games you play on campus and, and you get a few hundred fans and that's great. But what is it like to play in front of ten, eleven thousand 11,000 fans in an intimate stadium like PPL park?
3: Oh, it's incredible. Um, I mean, you have, it's just such a different dynamic when you go from a 15th game to a seventh tournament. Um, and the CRC is is really a unique sevens tournament in and of itself. Um, it's just, showing mean, to compare it to something like Vegas, um, where we've gone to the Las Vegas Invitational the past few years, I mean, you walk up and there's games going on all around you, and you walk up and you play, and there may be some, there may be some people on the peripheral of the game watching. It's um, just something to be said to playing um, a high-paced, uh, fast-paced, high-intensity sevens game, on a, and you're the center of the attention. You're you're in the middle of a, a 20000 seat. Um, stadium, all eyes are on you, all cameras are on you. It's just a a whole different level than sensography.
0: Excellent. Now, what has the CRC done for Texas
3: rugby's commitment to sevens?
4: Yeah. um,
3: So I think it's – I mean, you you look at it, and it's just – it's such an awesome goal to work towards throughout the year. Um, Until this year, we didn't have sevens nationals in the fall, um as something as a goal to work towards there, as something to think about during the summer when you're training, all that kind of thing. So um when we first started really building the sevens program, the CRC was it. That's what the um the entire sevens program was focused on. It was the end goal, it was the end all be all. Um, and so when we really started making an investment in that in terms of both time and effort and money, um, it was it was what really what we were working towards. And now we've got different things. We've got seventh nationals, we've got Vegas, we've got all of that. Um but it really just served to as the, as the end-all, be-all goal for the building of our program, and I think that was excellent. It was, uh, it was a great thing to work for, and I've been very uh, very happy with our performance in it so far.
0: What's been the reaction for, from alumni and from students and from administration at school?
3: Uh, so, I mean, if we're going to kind of group those off separately, alumni have, um, on the whole, been very supportive. Um, we've uh, reached out all three years um, for fundraising purposes and have and received um, received a lot of good feedback from them. We've had um, increasing numbers of alumni at each of our um, past two appearances, and we're hoping to to continue that trend this year. Um, we're also looking to alumni to hopefully get um, a title sponsor for the event. Um, so. In terms of that group, it's I think it's been awesome for alumni to be able to see Longhorns playing rugby on T V. Um in terms of the administration, um it's been it's been an interesting relationship because of the trademarking and uh, and all the the paperwork that has to go through for the longhorn to actually appear on NBC. Oh that's um, true. But yeah, so it's that's been that's been an interesting process. But on the whole the administration has been very receptive to this, and have um, really made concessions for us to appear, and it worked with us um, to get us there to the event, and to make sure that everything goes through with licensing and all that. So, um, I developed a pretty good relationship with the administration. Now we kind of have the process down pat. But it's our third time around. So,
0: and what what about the the students and and people on campus
3: yeah. around there? So, I mean, that's an area where, I mean, we're still trying to build awareness, um, making sure that we're getting people on TV, watching the games, um, talking about it on social media, all that kind of thing. Things Because, um, I mean, that's what's important to NBC. That's what's important to us. It's important for the growth of our program, for students to get behind this and for this to be something that students support. So it's um, it's just something we've got to continue to do a better job at.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, Scott, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, we're back on RUGGER MATRIX America. We uh, are with BYU's head coach David Smith, and um, uh, and and I wanted to start first of all uh, talking a little bit, um, uh, David, uh, on on a personal level. Uh, you growing up uh, in around uh, Londonderry in Derry, Northern Ireland, did you uh, did you ever envision that your you would end up being a rugby coach? In Utah?
4: No, not really. Um, I didn't. You know, I grew up in, in Northern Ireland, um, you know, grew up right at the height of the trouble, so that was always a challenge. Um, but then actually when I was 19 I went to do my LDS mission and I actually was, was sent to California. Uh, when I arrived there I had every intention of, of returning to Northern Ireland to play rugby. But throughout the course of, of my mission and toward the end, um, the opportunity arose where I could uh, come back to BYU to play rugby. So I actually came here and played, um, then graduated and back to the UK for a couple of years, and then came back to BYU and started helping coaching. And uh, as they say from there, the rest is history.
0: What what kind of when – you, when you talk to people uh, – back back home i guess you'd say um is is it is it difficult to explain the culture and what it's like to live in provo uh or even or even to, to explain the geography which is uh is very different
4: yes uh, particularly the culture i mean being from northern ireland you know when you try to tell them you live in, in provo utah and coach at a an lds school um yeah there's not a lot of people that have a a reference point where they can really relate to what uh, you're explaining to them for sure you know i've got a lot of good friends there uh, you know i always was lds um, so i grew up with friends on, on both sides of the community as we say in northern ireland so you know <clears throat> when i go back there we all head to uh the aviva, St- aviva stadium to watch ireland play usually in the fall and we have a good time we talk about old times, uh, the more we talk, the better we were, and, uh, you know, it's, it's. I think they're happy that, that I had a chance to come to America and enjoy life here, and, uh, you know, they continue with life over there and stay pretty close. It's, it's a good thing.
0: Now, I mean, that's an indication of sort of the global nature uh, of the game, but it's also an indication of the global nature of the LDS Church, and obviously... Um, there, there's a a very strong Mormon connection in the Pacific, um, you know, in, in Fiji and and Tonga and Samoa, you get a lot of players. Well, I don't know a lot. I mean, that's, that's, you get players from that, that region. Um, are you uh, over, over the last several years, are you finding that you're getting more, um, American kids American high school kids who have experience good experience in rugby I and mean, there's always been a lot of high school rugby in Utah Are you getting more of that? Um, or is it sort of stayed the same Because you do get a mix of kids from uh, You know the uh, nations in the Pacific you, you get a couple of Canadian kids things like that
4: Yeah, I think no for sure the you know the population here in Utah has um you know, increase definitely in the rugby playing. And, and most of our players now are actually coming from here in Utah. Even the Polynesian Polynesian players that we get, you know, are a lot of Utah kids or California kids. We get maybe one or two from Hawaii. In the past, we have had, you know, a couple from Fiji, a couple of straight from Tonga, but that's that's less the case now. I mean, that's most of our, Mikey Sue is a prime example there, you know, Polynesian kid. Uh, but born and raised in Utah to to LIA last year. who played fullback in the final. You know, that's the kid that was born and raised in Utah. So a lot of our kids are actually coming from stateside and many are from right here in Utah. You know, I I forget the number of, of high school and youth clubs here in Utah this year, but it grows every year. And there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of able kids that are getting into rugby, taking it more serious. You know the programs that have been around for a long time that have have run excellent programs and your programs are better organized, better administered, um, and that's just a huge benefit for you know ourselves and the University of Utah and the other schools here in Utah. We're all benefiting from that, and it's it's been a really good thing.
2: Yeah, I want to ask you about um, the Varsity Cup. Obviously, it's a brand new venture, and I don't know that we've had you on before ever or to talk about the Varsity Cup, but um, you know, as you play through your season, uh, is it kind of a, somewhat of a countdown to, to getting to the varsity cup and, and what's the excitement or the outlook you know, the outlook from your team to the new competition and, and, and the way it's going to shape out and the teams you get to play.
4: Yeah. We're very excited about the varsity is our post tournament now. Obviously there's a lot of good schools and good rugby uh, teams in there. Um, so yeah, you know, Sure. As we go through the process of our, se- process of our season, um, you know, we look at each each game individually, and we don't tr- we try not to pass the next game. But yeah, in the back of our minds, we have been talking about the varsity cup. You know, we've been involved in some of the planning of it. So, you know, I'm talking about fairly regularly here to the other coaches uh, within the varsity cup. So we're excited for that. Um, you know, that will be our postseason um, opportunity to go out against some some very good teams and see how we match up.
2: And you guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, you're going to be hosting the final at Southfield, is that right?
4: That's correct, yeah. The final, of the varsity cup will be here at uh, Southfield for this year.
2: There's always, uh, I would imagine, a little bit of pressure built into that when you uh, you know you're going to be hosting it, you'd, often, you'd hate to not be playing it.
4: Well, absolutely, you know. That's, that's for sure. You know, we're hoping that we can be there, but there's a few roadblocks uh, in the way. Uh, so we really got to be at the top of our game, uh, you know, to get to that point. Uh, we'll pick each game as the a, as a say. But, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure. Um, but that's what life's all about. That's what it's all about. Pressure keeps you, uh, keeps you on your toes, and it keeps you hopefully moving in the right direction.
2: And you guys, um, you know, part of at least from the outside looking in, it seems like part of the idea of this varsity cup is not just to, to to run your own championships and the dates you want them and to keep them away from finals and and that sort of thing. And also match, you know, good uh, rugby teams that have also good, um, you know, university brand names and marketability and that sort of stuff. But, you know, finally, hopefully turn a buck for the teams that are hosting Um, not play it on some neutral park somewhere in the middle of, Austin, Texas, or somewhere else and let someone else run the turnstiles, but for you guys to, uh, you know, get some return on investment in terms of your time and your travel, what what are you guys doing to ensure that, you know, you do get some butts in some seats and and, uh, and maybe make some coin or at least cover costs off of this operation?
4: Well, all the teams are involved in the marketing of it. Um, so moving forward, they're they're fairly you know, into that, I mean, Mike Flanagan has done a great job back at Annapolis with his athletic department and getting things set up there. Scott Stewart and his administration at UCLA are doing the same thing. They're, they're all just on it. They're, they're looking at ways that they can really put a, a great competition. Uh, here at BYU, you know, we've been fortunate enough to be able to sit down with our athletic department. And um, even though we're at a part of our uh, our athletic department, they're walking us through and helping us how to uh, organise an event like this, how to make it happen, how to how to help it be successful. So, I think with the people involved, you know, you've you, you've got people that are they're all like-minded, going after the same end goals. So we're working as a united front, and uh, you know, as you said, you know, for academic reasons, it makes sense for us. Um, you know, playing against schools, you know, obviously. You know I cannot speak for BYU here but you know we've done a fairly reasonable job over the last few years of trying to grow the sport but we haven't done that alone you know we've done that with the likes of teams like the University of Utah they play against and our fans you know those are the schools that that our fans want to see us play the Utah's the Cal the Air Force Academy so that really just it where we think we need to be going as far as making rugby a permanent and prominent fixture here on the BYU campus
2: and I asked Jack Clark the same thing um a while back after probably I think it was probably after when they dropped out of um or pulled out of the D1A last year but do you still you know there are up and coming teams everywhere you guys played Arkansas State as as Alex talked about in the D1A final extremely exciting game to watch in the stadium or on TV or even go by go back and watch on, on on video I've caught myself doing that probably two or three times since that game um is there still gonna be an opportunity for BYU to play the Arkansas States to play the Davenports as they develop or or to play the life do you still see some of those games getting played down the line
4: oh I definitely
2: think so I
4: would definitely hope so as well I mean you know Dan Payne and I tried to make something work between us and life this year but they've got a very busy schedule we had a very busy schedule so I believe at the right place, at the right time, you know those games will still happen.
1: I think that what would, I, I, I'll let you know the arrangement of what's going on is, is and it's very similar to what we did at, what we did with life. So Dan Payne and I were, were considering what are we going to do for our preseason? And we said, oh, do you want to meet down in Fort Lauderdale playing a tournament and maybe meet each other? And then Dan said, you know what? The hell with that! Come to our field, play us A and B. Play your B side against our undergraduates. We got we got massive the B side against the undergraduate, but uh, and then play your A side against the senior men, and then we'll. So what happened is it saved life the money to have to fly down to Florida, pay hotels, pay entry fees, and and playing a couple games that were probably not up to the standard that they wanted, and then we played. So we went down. We paid for our flights, and then Dan paid for our hotels and our breakfast and our ground transportation, and we were able to play a game. I, I don't think that they they had a decent crowd, not a massive crowd, but a decent crowd considering the rain. And I, I don't know how many were paying admission. And so a very similar thing is what you know, Dave Smith and and the AC. What we had worked out is that we'll fly there, and 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 the cost of the flights were a bit rough, but they're going to handle the ground transportation in the hotel. And then Dave is marketing the game through the BYU um, at, at Southfield, being a, and he'll have a lot of paid admission. And then they could turn a little bit of a profit, stay home. And especially for teams like us or even, even high-quality college teams that don't have a place to go is that we, w- we rather would be road warriors and be in a venue – that's awesome, that allows the, the, the host of the venue to be able to generate income. We can't do that at our field. We don't, you know, even if we had the stands and everything set up, which we could do, we, we would never get the crowd that BYU could get, not even, not in a, not in a million years. And, and the other thing is we can't charge admission and they can, and it makes it, it gives it credibility and it has a real international flavor in that we have international players. They have international players, at least at the 19s, college All-American level. And, and they're going to be future internationals, no doubt. And so it's an amazing model to really just think about how you can meld things and how teams can work together to try to make things happen. Like, and Golden Gate does the same thing. Greg Rocker would always say, hey, I'll pay half your cost to get in here. If you come, because I can make money when you're here and we would rather be at home. New York AC, we'd rather be on the road. We like to be on the road. We don't want to be at home. We love to play at home. But the fact of the matter is we like to be on the road. So this is it's a great mix. And I don't know how you feel, Dave, but we're all guys are really stoked about the opportunity. I mean, obviously, we'd love to do it in mid-April, but that you know, it doesn't work for either one of us. But that it, it really, we're very thankful that you even considered having us. And and I remember that call. I was standing outside a giant stadium in, in uh for the for the kickoff classic in late August. where not the kickoff classic. Where Giants had their kickoff luncheon, and and I was standing right outside, and you made the phone call, and I was so excited that we were going to be able to play BYU, and I. And I didn't even know who to call. I think I might have texted Alex or something. It was, it was like, holy crap, they're going to have us. Okay, I'm calling Clark. I'm going to try to get that game. We couldn't put that together. But this was, uh, we're real. I, I, I can't thank you enough.
4: Oh, no, no. We're absolutely honored that, that, that uh, New York Athletic would come to Provo. We're very excited. And uh, we hope to look after you well while you're here for except that hour and a half. Saturday afternoon.
1: Well, you know what, and that's and that's fair enough. I was actually just prior to this phone conversation. I was on the phone with Tim o, I was on the phone with Tim O'Brien, and he was saying, he goes, he goes, I will guarantee you that when you're at the airport, all of your vans will be sitting right there at the curb waiting for you. And when you get there, you will be exactly at your hotel. Your hotel is going to be fantastic. Your meal and the breakfast is going to be awesome. Then you're going to go out there, and it is going to be mayhem. <laughs> and then he goes after you're gonna have an amazing dinner or lunch or whatever you have lunch dinner and then you'll go back to the airport and you're like holy cow those people are just so nice how i can't even imagine that they're so violent yet so nice
0: (laughs) that that is what you expect uh um it it this is this is a you know it makes sense doesn't it you know it seems like a no brainer just to partner with each other and and say we'll help you travel then we don't have to go there i mean the, the other way to do it and we're we're hearing more and more about good teams trying to meet in the middle and and uh you know um for example uh, coming up, Kutztown University playing Davenport. They decided to meet in Pittsburgh, which is a drivable distance for both of them. And Pittsburgh has a great venue. So you find a venue, something like that. It's just uh, teams working together. Uh, w- one of the things that's going we, we we're sort of bouncing back and forth. But, David, I did want to ask you about this. And, and um, we talked about uh, the time it takes for uh, players to get back from LDS Mission uh, into playing Um, into playing shape. Uh, There's there's a new set of eligibility rules now that changes exactly what you can do with that. It used to to be that if you were gone on mission, none of that time counted against your eligibility time. So uh, now it's a case where you can put in for a waiver, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you put in for a waiver and you can get a year back, but that is all you can get. So uh, with the LDS mission now, you, and 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 I know that BYU has come under criticism, uh, complaint that that you tend to have older players, and that's that's often a function of the fact that kids go to school, you know, they they go to college, and at nineteen they leave for two years, they come back at twenty one, then they finish school twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, something like that, um, possibly older. Now what you've got is you've got an age limit uh, kicking in on the new eligibility rules, and you you lose one of those LDS mission years. They go away for two. You only get as a as a rugby coach, you only get one of those years back. How do you feel about that?
4: Well, obviously, uh, I'm not uh, over enamored about it for sure. Um, you know, my my feeling all along has been, you know. For a sport that's looking to, you know, especially on the women's side of the fence, uh, get into the NCAA organization and be part of that whole setup, I mean, the NCAA have thousands of employees and millions of dollars, and they they've looked at this thing from many different angles and degrees, uh, and they've come up with uh, a set of guidelines that works for for all the universities in the states. Uh, so. You know, my question off the top was, you know, why try and reinvent the wheel here? Um, you know, I know people say that BYU, there's a couple of reasons why BYU are better and you talk about are, are good. You talk about the older age. But if you look at that on the face value of things, that would mean because our kids are two years older, our football team would be national champions every year, our basketball team national champions every year you see that that's not the case. So I think people put a put too much weight in that whole factor. And, um, you know, for those reasons, I obviously don't agree with what USA Rugby has done and uh, much prefer the old way they did it.
0: Do you... Is there anything you can do to adjust for that, for any of that, well, other that, than just accept the fact that somebody's possibly going to be available to you for only three years?
4: I mean... Uh, we can adjust to whatever we we need to adjust to, but we just think it's unfair. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, too, that we are so excited about the varsity cup, you know, because as a varsity cup, we are actually going under all the teams there, going under the old uh, guidelines and regulations. Um, I don't think any of the teams there feel that BYU have a huge advantage one way or the other because their players are one or two years older. I think they understand that, You know, once you get out on the field, there. You know, once what was my opinion is once you're once you've turned 18, it's time to be a man. And um, you know, very rarely the teams that we play against very rarely is a 23 or 24 year old playing against 18 and 19 year olds. It may be 23 and 24 year olds playing against 21 and 22, and I really don't see a huge difference between a 22 and a 23 or a 24 year old. So, you know, we're we're just uh, going with what we've done. And as I say, with the varsity cup, it's really a non-issue, and we're happy about that. Oh, by the hey, way,
0: I thanks, we got, I, uh, well, before you do this, I, I need to toot my own horn for this, because we talked about this eligibility thing back when it came out, and I gave this whole speech about, imagine that you had a... Uh, a a slightly older player who uh, came back to college after serving his country uh, in the military, uh, deployed, things like that, and having to turn around and tell that guy that he couldn't play anymore because of these eligibility things. I was teased for being a bit over dramatic about this. But that, by the way, exactly that thing happened at the Sevens Championships in December when Dartmouth had to sit down their captain, uh, who had been in the Marines... Because he was, uh, uh, he, he didn't fit in with these new eligibility rules. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
4: No, and I. I agree that, with that. Tell me sorry, what, go ahead,
1: David.
4: No, so tell me what's right about taking a young man or a young woman who've dedicated two or four years of their life for the country uh doing whatever they're doing throughout the world and then come back and we have an organization saying once they come back say if you're a marine i think they sign up for four years so you come back after being a marine for four years and all of a sudden you find out you've got one year to play rugby i just i just can't believe that
1: i'll be honest with you this whole eligibility thing is a farce this whole everything that they were doing is insane I, you know, USA Rugby touches things in terms of eligibility competitions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it fails. Period. End the sentence. The only thing that's ever worked, ever, are things done by people, volunteers, who get their act together and force the issue and do what they want. Everything else is complete nonsense and never works. And this thing is absolutely wrong. It's absolutely asinine, and there's no other way to describe it. I think it's unfair. The, it, it doesn't matter. I don't want to hear it at all. It's, it, it's, we've already discussed, and, and, I, and, and Blake Burdett played for us, and, and Ryan Roundy and, and Sean, Davies, uh, Sean Davies didn't, but Ryan Roundy discussed exactly what it's like on a mission. You lose 20 to 30 pounds. You are basically wandering around wherever the hell you are and you're not doing anything and and if you think that you're getting bigger and stronger and faster, that's just not the case it's just not the case. you're actually coming back regressed at at a time when you were at at, at, at a great period in your life where you could get better at things those eighteen nineteen twenty year old ages where you could get remarkably better. And, and, and so much stronger and so much faster and so much more skilled, you're losing that or you're giving that for something that you want to do personally. And then to say that that's an advantage is complete and utter nonsense. And I don't care what anyone says. That's complete and utter nonsense. The bottom line is, and I've spoken to Tim O'Brien about it even today, is that what the teams that are taking rugby seriously – are so much better and so much more prepared that it is almost leaving the other teams in a wake. Even guys with good coaches and quality people, is, if if they're not taking it seriously, and the coaches might be, but there just may be nothing in behind it. I, I, USA Rugby has these delusions that all these things are equal. The bottom line is, is about, Dave, and I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me, There's about 10, 10 maximum, 12, you know, 10 to 12 colleges that are very competitive, very, very competitive. And there's about five men's teams, maybe six or seven, that are very competitive. And that's about it. That's what we have. And we have to figure out a way to work together, even if it's within friendly matches, to be able to provide – the number of games that we need to put in, you say meaningful games. Like, is this game a meaningful game? The champions challenge. I mean, it doesn't play for USA rugby championship. It's a meaningful game. It means a lot to us. It means a lot to Dave and BYU. Though the, the Puget sound game is meant a lot. Like these games that are quote unquote, meaningless, meaningless, because our, because our government, governing body or government the taxing authority isn't isn't coronating us champion that doesn't the, the the thing means things between players play sports to have respect to their teammates and their opponents we don't have enough fans to worry about what fans do so i i th- that whole eligibility thing it it, it goes through it's just, it's not only college it's everywhere else it Drives me crazy.
0: It's it's trying to uh, pull. In, in in part of it is trying to pull someone down, right? Rather because you can't beat them. So if if you can find some a way to make them not as good, then that makes you feel better about yourself.
4: Well, you know the other side to that too, gentlemen. As i feel, you know, as coaches and as teams and as programs here in the states. We need to be affording our players and our teams the opportunity to play against the best and toughest teams out there because, you know, the three or four or five Eagles that play for NIAC, we've had a few Eagles over the years. I mean, wouldn't it, isn't it better that if we put them in as many tough situations in games where they're going to be pressurized, where they're going to be challenged, where they're not going to have enough time, not going to have enough space to do the things that they normally can do so that when they step up to the next level on up to the international level aren't be better prepared at that point to play against international teams rather than going out and maybe having two or three tough games in a season, team to 18 very easy games. I mean, what preparation is that to send a kid up into an international uh, level team? I just I think as an organization, as coaches as program teams we should be looking for every possible opportunity out there to try and test our players against the best players out there so they can be better prepared well
0: it's not like it's not like we have a massive depth of talent and it's not like we have uh you know the US national team of the best best clubs in the in the country are beating everybody so yeah, we could we could stand to give them a little bit better competition. Totally agreed. Hey, everyone. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com here to talk to you about the Hooker Wines line from Lauer Family Wines. Now, this is a group of wines made by people who love rugby. And you can tell even as you open the bottle as their corks have these great rugby stripes on them like the old-time jerseys. But it's more than that. Rugby is about power and finesse, beauty and strength, balancing those two. And these hooker wines are the same. I don't drink a lot of Chardonnay, but I love hooker wine Chardonnay because it's complex. One might even say sort of learned, like that veteran flanker who knows all the tricks. And their Syrah is like an inside center who can pass and kick, packs the punch, but has so much more subtlety than that. And, well, get away from the rugby thing for a moment. Their Cabernet is just like steak in a glass. Just awesome. Awesome wines from Napa Valley made in the spirit of this great game. Check out our Hooker Wines ad on RugbyMag.com or go to LauerFamilyWines.com That's L-A-W-E-R FamilyWines.com
1: Hey Dave, I I wanted to ask you a quick question about Sevens and how BYU plans to attack the uh, Sevens situation. Is it anything that you're even able to attack, or is it is it in your wick right now, or or I don't know where where you stand with that, but obviously it's going to be somewhat of an important thing to uh, to deal with. And are you guys looking at trying to do something in terms of sevens or work something? I know it's difficult with the CRC, obviously because of the Sunday play, but is it is it something that you're looking to work through USA Rugby at least for that sevens championship, or is that just not, not in the cards?
4: No, uh, sevens is in the cards. I mean, I think uh, we have a responsibility to, uh, to look at the game very closely, play it. Uh, you know, we want we to try and put a kid on the U.S. Olympic team for 2016. We did play sevens this, this past fall. Uh, most of it, though, was within the state of Utah, uh, we're looking at the future you know fall will be the time of year when we will um, play sevens this upcoming year we've got some things in the, in the plan that, that we're looking to roll out um, so now we definitely will be addressing sevens and really getting into it uh, with with uh, a, a huge effort for sure are
0: you David with that in mind, do you envision making some adjustments to your your coaching staff? Is that something that you want to take on, or is it a situation where you you know you look at what a coach has to go through anyway to to prepare a team? Maybe you you know you get somebody in who's a who's a seventh specialist, like a lot of uh, colleges are looking at.
4: Yes, I mean the, the existing coaching staff that we have at BYU. We'll oversee the Sevens program as well, but we will look at also bringing specialists from time to time to assist us in, in doing what uh, we were trying to do. This last year we did bring in um, a young man, Ben Nichols, who uh, played at the Warriors, very good Sevens player, a um, lot of experience, so he worked with our kids quite a lot in the fall in the Sevens arena and did very, very well.
1: Getting into the coaching part of it is that It seems that the top programs, like the top, top elite, elite programs have people who are coaching that – like Tim O'Brien coaches with John Everett. You coach with Kimball Care, and I forget the name of the – Wayne Tarafiti. Yep. And Dan Payne coaches with Tui Osborne and James Isaacson and Adj McGinty. And 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 Definitely. Jack Clark coaches with Tom Phillips, and you look at teams that have really strong teams. You're not an isolated coach. You have a guy or two or three who are just as capable of being the head coach as you. Like if it, so, in the event that you were to get hit by a bus tomorrow morning, BYU would go on and still be very strong. I mean, it'd be obviously said, but, but I'm saying BYU (laughs) would go on and as would Cal as would New York athletic club, as would life as would, you know, St. Mary's. And, and I think that that's important. And I think that a lot of people try to put, put it onto a one man operation and it can't be a one man shop. I think if you're going to be successful, I just don't, I don't, I don't see any way of giving the players what they need as a one-man shot. And would you suggest to coaches that sometimes they get caught out there because they're trying to do too much, and in in doing too much, they don't really do anything?
4: No, absolutely. I think where possible, it's essential that you build a team. I mean, that's what what we've tried to do here at BYU. You're absolutely right. If I pop my clogs tomorrow – you know, one of the other guys here step right in and, and just pick up where, where we're at. Uh, I've I've consciously tried to go out and do that, uh, build a program so that with the common joins you can keep on going. You know, with with Wayne Tarafiti, with Kimbo, and and we've added, you know, we've and Justin Nadel, who's been with us for years as well. We've added another new addition this year, and the name that you're all familiar with, that's Dave St. Pierre. He has come back to BYU to start coaching. So we're bringing him on the ranks now. I mean, it's an opportunity for him to give back. But absolutely, I mean, I think with with the team, uh, there's so much to do uh, and so many things that you need to accomplish. And then from a, a logistical standpoint, I mean, just for us to, to, to put this game on at Southfield on Saturday, it's, it's a fairly big uh, organizational thing, putting it all together. So it's not just Dave Smith that's doing all of this. Uh, I, I just play my role here at BYU. You know, we're all on a bus and, and I'm the bus driver. But trust me, whenever I need to move away from the wheel, there's, there's easily four or five other capable bodies that can sit right in that seat and keep on driving.
0: Well, driving the bus or, you know, as as we do most of the other times throw somebody under it, uh we're we're pretty happy to have someone who's been driving a pretty successful bus there at uh, BYU and uh David Smith um in a a new chapter for you as we said uh, saying goodbye to some players that you had on your program for a long time and a new chapter because you're looking at the Varsity Cup coming on and um we uh, we really uh, you know, wish you the best of luck, and, and thanks for being on the show.
4: Appreciate it, gentlemen. It was good to spend some time with you. Thank you very much. Well,
0: we want to thank David for being on the show. It's been great. Thanks a lot, of course, to Pat and to Bruce. And don't forget to check out RugbyMag.com for all the latest news uh, on rugby all throughout America. And don't forget to check out our Rugby Magazine iPad app. So if you want to subscribe to the magazine and you don't uh, feel like... Going to deal with the uh, premiere membership on rugbymag.com. You can go, you've got an iPad or iPhone. Uh, go to the App Store, look for Rugby Magazine. You can download the app, and then you can subscribe to the magazine or just buy new ones. And really exciting about that is we're going to be putting up old issues. So if you were on the cover of, uh, uh, of Rugby Magazine in 1982, eventually you'll be able to get that magazine on your iPad. Very exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, and we're looking forward to some great games coming up this weekend. And thank you all for listening to Rugger Matrix America.